of the Elemental Evan Show. Got a very, very cool episode today. Uh, this one hits home for me personally. And today we are going to be talking about what in the gut is going on. Literally, we are going to be discussing what is going on in your gut, what is your gut, or better yet, what is the gastrointestinal tract and also why it matters to have good health in the GI tract or the gastrointestinal tract. Now, before we get into the episode, I just wanted to take a brief moment to please uh, ask everyone, if you haven't already, to please leave a review or a rating on whatever platform it is that you listen to this podcast on. Uh, it really helps people to find this podcast and uh, to spread the information. So it really means a lot to me if uh, you do that. And if you've already done it, thank you so much. It means so much to me and I read every single review that is left. So please, please, please do that. And I would appreciate it very much. Uh, now on that note, let's jump right into it. So why did I choose to do one of my early episodes on the gut? Well, if you've noticed, the at least the first episode I came out with was some general health guidelines. And now this one is going to be regarding the gut, and that is because pretty much every illness or disease that we have or know of today in some way can pretty much be linked back to the gut or is some way maybe even caused directly from the gut health. Uh, and the reason that is, is for a few reasons, but number one, the gastrointestinal tract actually has the largest number of immune cells in the body. So right there, your immunity is really based, not completely, but very largely so on the health of your uh, gut, or let's just go from here, the GI tract, uh, the health of your GI tract, as well as what's called the microbiome. Um, the microbiome, for those of you who do not know, is also known as the microbiota, and it is the mix of different bacteria and viruses and different little microbes and stuff that you have in your stomach, your gut, like all throughout your GI tract. And they do various jobs uh, from digesting food to communicating actually with your brain to uh, sending signals throughout the body and just performing different functions. Uh, and it's very, very important to have a healthy microbiome. So on that note, we're going to cover what exactly the GI tract is, uh, what its function is, and why it's important. So right away, the GI tract is about nine meters long, which is roughly 30 feet long. So it's extremely lengthy. Uh, and it begins with the mouth and ends, well, you know, you guessed it, right at the anus. So uh, it's from mouth to bottom, and it includes things such as the oropharyngeal structures, so anything kind of going on in the mouth, such as the tongue or anything like that, down through the esophagus, so like your throat, into your stomach, where it then 
digest the food, you have your liver, your gallbladder, your pancreas, all of which secrete some kind of bile or something to help digest the food, and then the small and large intestine, uh, where further digestion occurs and absorption of uh, different matters from the food, uh, as well as the passing of the not-so-needed parts of the food. Um, okay, so that is the GI tract. Uh, now, the function of the GI tract, and I'll get a little bit uh, scientific here, I guess, or medical, uh, not, not totally, but uh, and then I'll kind of break it down. So first off, the GI tract is designed to obviously digest uh, macronutrients. So those of you who uh, maybe have tried counting macros, you already know what these are. These are proteins, carbohydrates, and fats. Um, and as well, the GI tract's uh, function is to absorb fluids, micronutrients, and trace elements. So very important uh, as well. It's uh, digesting and absorbing. Um, now on that note, it's also designed to provide a physical and immunologic barrier to pathogens, foreign material, and potential antigens, and provide regulatory and biochemical signaling to the nervous system through a pathway known as the gut-brain axis. So that's a bit much there, but to break it down into more layman terms, what it does is the GI tract breaks down any and everything that you eat, and it takes that food and breaks it into these small little pieces that are absorbable and usable by the body uh, such as breaking proteins down into their amino acids and different things like that so that your body can then go ahead and use those uh, different pieces of food based you know quote unquote food to keep your body running at top level or just functioning well uh, it's absolutely necessary for everything um, now on that note it also provides immunity for the body so you have a ton of immune cells like I had mentioned earlier right there in your GI tract. So much of your health and uh, your immunity actually relies on the health of your GI tract. So, uh, and then on as well, it also does communicate with the brain and produces a lot of neurochemicals. Um, we will cover that in a minute here. So yes, just extremely important. The GI tract, um, obviously without it, we would have no other way of breaking foods down, absorbing the information, if you want to call it, into our bodies and using it to uh, heal ourselves, repair our muscles, uh, function on a just a daily basis. Um, yeah, so it's extremely important, obviously. Now, this is pretty crazy, but our bodies are actually home to trillions of microscopic organisms such as bacteria, fungi, viruses, and other microbes that inhabit pretty much every single part of you. Uh, now, all of these things together, they are what make up your microbiome or your microbiota. So you're pretty much, in many ways, kind of like a walking Petri dish. You have a mix of all these different microbes and microorganisms that are functioning in your body in a you know, really a synergistic way. They are pretty much helping each other. Uh, the, bo the body relies on them as well as it relies on the body to be somewhat of a host and to provide nutrients for it. So, uh, yeah, so basically what's happening is the bacteria 
which scientists have identified and studied over 1,000 different kinds of bacteria just in the gut, which is super crazy. I mean, that's a very diverse amount of bacteria, and that's just of what we know of. Now, the reason it's important to have all these different uh, strains of bacteria is because there are both good and bad bacteria, which you should already kind of know this. Um, if you don't, that's fine. But what happens is when you have a diverse array of gut bacteria, basically it is able to better address uh, different stresses or maybe different diseases or viruses, um, as well as it helps to keep your system in a state of homeostasis or just a uh, really like in balance. Whereas if you have low diversity of these bacteria, you can have what's called dysbiosis, which is when you have more of the bad guys or the bad gut bacteria than you would actually prefer to have. Um, and when this happens, it can cause some serious illnesses and diseases, actually. Um, so on that note, according to the American Psychological Association, gut bacteria produces hundreds of neurochemicals that the brain uses to regulate basic physiological processes, as well as mental processes such as learning, memory, and mood. Okay, so your gut is not just breaking down foods and helping them absorb. It's actually also producing these neurochemicals, which one of them is serotonin. Now, the gut bacteria, and this is still coming from that, uh, from the American Psychological Association, they say that the gut bacteria manufacture about 95% of the body's supply of serotonin. Serotonin influences both mood and GI activity. Now, if you don't know what serotonin is, it is pretty much just, it does quite a few different things actually, but one of the big things is, is it balances the, your, your mood, literally. Um, so a few different things it does is it reduces depression, regulates anxiety, helps to heal wounds, maintains bone health, as well as can keep you from becoming nauseous if you have issues with nausea. Uh, so it does a lot of different things, and it's all produced, well, not all, but primarily produced in the gut. Uh, now, as I said, this all hits home for me big time because, as I've stated earlier, I have had many gut issues growing up, and even to this day, I am still, uh, I'm quite tuned in and, and really doing very well, but every now and again, I do have flare-ups or... Uh, maybe an issue happens, or maybe I just eat something wrong for that day, and it can cause some issues for me. So uh, this is really interesting for me, and I feel that this is such important information that we all need to know to have overall health, because it really does start right in the gut or the GI tract, because that's where your body is literally receiving all of the nutrients that it is going to use and need for the rest of the body. So this is extremely important stuff. Um, now, as I was saying, the gut bacteria needs to be very diverse, but how does this start? So when you are a baby in the womb, the mother 
starts to actually produce specific strains of bacteria or you know and probiotic bacteria so pro for and then bio life right so a good bacteria for the baby and what happens is when the baby comes out of the birthing canal it actually is covered in this kind of just you know a mixture of this good bacteria and uh, what it's doing is when it covers the baby it actually is starting to set the pace for that baby's immunity uh, so actually children who are born via c-section like myself have a bit of a harder time with developing their immune system the same way a baby uh, would if they were born uh, the natural way through the birthing canal however one thing that's really awesome is that being that the science is now coming out on this doctors are actually finding that they can do a c-section on a child and swab the uh the vaginal area to then take some of those uh probiotics and bacteria and everything and and put it onto the baby and actually like help put it physically onto the child to kickstart the immunity um this is maybe still no uh it's not really as good as just being birthed naturally but it's at least something so it's really good that they're starting to do that now after you're born, you then uh, continue to develop your microbiota through uh, breast milk. So when you're drinking breast milk from the mother, uh, that is also still developing your microbiome, as well as uh, this first solid foods that you're going to be eating will start to develop your microbiome as well. So around the age of three is actually when your microbiome starts to stabilize. And from then on, um, you know, you, <clears throat> that really kind of sets the tone for your, uh, your gut health, I would say, but it does not dictate it. So continuing on in life, there are many, many things that you can do to help improve the health of your microbiome. So for example, um, if you wanted to increase the diversity of gut bacteria, well, there's a few simple things you could do. You could start to diversify the kinds of fruits and vegetables that you're eating, um, because they do carry certain kinds of bacteria on them. Uh, this is well as well uh, true for different kinds of meats. Uh, it's just basically actually any kind of food. So diversifying the kinds of food that you're eating will also diversify your gut bacteria. On that note, foods that are fermented have probiotics in them, naturally occurring probiotics. And what that does is it's not going to magically change your stomach bacteria and microbiome up, but it sends good gut bacteria in there and it allows them to kind of help the other colonies that are good as well to flourish a little better, um, but they are passed through uh, your stool. So really they, they are not going to really take root. Um, on that note though, you can also focus on eating prebiotic fiber and this is going to be stuff that your body actually cannot digest, but the bacteria in your stomach will be able to uh, take some of those and uh, some of that prebiotic fiber and eat it and use it to um, flourish basically. So the good gut bacteria really enjoy that stuff. So when you're eating certain foods, which is, uh, it's, it's going to be plant-based foods, um, they are going to have a lot of that fiber that's very good for the, uh, gut microbiome and the good gut bacteria in there. Um, just to give you a couple examples, um, actually potato starch is a form of a prebiotic fiber as well as 
green banana or green plantain flower. That is also a form of prebiotic starch. Um, okay, so continuing on. So as I was saying, as you continue on in life, you are constantly developing and changing your gut microbiome, depending on what it is that you're consuming or what you're not consuming. Uh, however, when people start to have less and less diverse gut bacteria, or maybe they're just eating foods that are not helping out their gut bacteria or their GI tract in general, they can then start to see different illnesses or diseases popping up such as irritable bowel syndrome, uh, Crohn's disease, leaky gut, the list goes on and on. There's even arthritis as well that can come from uh, dysbiosis in the gut. So just to continue on with the whole leaky gut situation, uh, this is a very common term nowadays and I feel that really it kind of hasn't been described well. So uh, a lot of people have heard leaky gut, but they haven't actually had someone explain it to them. So uh, I won't get super into it, but just to give you a quick explanation of what leaky gut is, um, well, the official medical term is actually increased intestinal permeability. And uh, as I explain this, that will make much more sense. So you have a one cell layer thick endothelium dividing the inside of your intestine from the rest of your body because it's also very important to understand that your GI tract excluding your liver pancreas and gallbladder is basically not even it's a part of your body but it's kind of keeping the food that you're eating away from your body so that the stuff that's bad does not get into the body um, so for example, that one cell layer endothelium, it is like a coffee filter. And this is, uh, coming from another, uh, podcast that I listened to, and it is basically think of the coffee filter. So when you pour the coffee grounds into there and you then pour the water over there, you see just the, the coffee coming out, but you don't actually see the coffee grounds. They stay within the filter because the filter is doing its job. That's good. However, if you have a filter that is not so good and it's got holes in it or whatever, uh, then some of those grounds are going to escape and get into the coffee. And I mean, you know, who, who likes gritty coffee? No, nobody likes gritty coffee. Uh, unless, unless maybe you're uh, doing the cowboy coffee or Balinese style coffee, if you know what I'm talking about. Just take a scoop of that coffee ground and throw it in the cup. Throw a little hot water and then uh, let it sit. Definitely don't stir that bad boy because you're going to be getting the grit and uh have at it but in all sincerity really who does want gritty coffee i don't i don't think given the choice anyone would choose that if you do that's uh not for me to judge enjoy your coffee however you'd like anyways i digress back to it so leaky gut so for example when your endothelium is acting like a poor coffee filter aka having holes in it then Things like bacteria, bugs, and fungus can get into your body when they're not supposed to, and they can trigger symptoms in the body, such as the big one, inflammation. So inflammation can show up in many different ways. Uh, one of those ways can be joint pain, uh, asthma, um, congestion, or other autoimmunity uh, type deals. So uh, really inflammation is, it's not a bad thing, 
because inflammation is your body's response to a foreign object. It's trying to uh, react accordingly to that. However, when you have leaky gut or you're just eating these foods that are trigger foods for your gut, you are constantly causing this inflammation. And over time, that inflammation is going to take its toll on you. And it can show up in forms of, like I said, joint pain, asthma, congestion, anything like that. Uh, so that's leaky gut. Uh, I believe that truthfully, a lot of people actually have this and they don't know that they have it. But yeah, leaky gut, IBS. I mean, even I myself uh, had pretty much IBS, which is really just a cover word for having gut issues. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't really think it's addressing the issue. It's just kind of a cover term for it. But still, nonetheless, IBS is one of those uh, symptoms that I think a lot of people have. Um, a lot of people actually also have a gluten intolerance, which is extremely common, um, as well as a celiac disease, which is a gluten intolerance, but very much more extreme. However, sometimes those symptoms might not be popping up uh, that you even have those diseases. So it's something that we have to keep an eye on and, and really pay attention to. Now, for myself, I kind of inadvertently and also through when I was a child did a form of what's called the elimination diet, which is uh, from the Institute for Functional Medicines. And so before I get into what the elimination diet is, um, I will explain that I, as a kid, when I was, you know, diagnosed lactose intolerant and uh, found out that I had a parasite and blah, 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 what they had me do is go two weeks off of dairy. And obviously they gave me pills for the parasite, which was taken care of. But when I went off of the dairy, surprisingly enough, I did see a lot of changes in my gut health where maybe I wasn't having to run to the bathroom or maybe I wasn't having these crazy stomach cramps. And don't get me wrong, staying away from dairy as a kid is hard. Got nachos, pizza. I mean, come on, what? Cheese on anything is gonna be pretty good. Maybe not ice cream, but it's gonna be good. So yeah, it was super hard, but it made a huge difference and it really, really did help my gut. So. This leads me to the elimination diet. Now, for the elimination diet, you have the 5R program, which is remove, replace, repair, re-inoculate, and rebalance. So these are the five steps to basically turn your gut health around. So what the elimination diet is, is they give you a list of trigger foods that are very common trigger foods for most people and then you go ahead and lay off of those foods for a minimum of two weeks, but actually it should be more uh, around 30 days that you lay off of these foods. Then after you've laid off of them for 30 days, you should notice a change in your health. Um, a lot of people say that uh, if they're having a lot of headaches, then they tend to go away after the elimination diet. Um, rashes on the skin, uh, so the skin starts to clear up. Obviously, if you have gut pain of any kind, if you have uh, intestinal cramping or if you have um, just, you know, heart, just anything regarding the gut, basically, uh, it, you should definitely notice a difference with that as well. So 
the main culprits or the uh, irritating foods, if you would, are gluten, dairy, eggs, yeast, corn, and soy. Yeah, I know. There's a lot of there's a lot of yummy things in there. I mean, gluten alone is is so freaking tasty, but you got to do it. You got to do it. So those are the main foods that if you were to go on the elimination diet, they you would have removed. And so you would refrain from eating any of those foods. And realistically, I mean, there's tons of other foods that you can eat. It's just we tend to have a lot of these in our day to day diets. Um, now, on top of that, there are other foods which I will not really get into, um, but they are a further form of the elimination diet where if you have like arthritis really badly or something like that, uh, there are other foods that you could try out to take out of your system. Uh, now, this diet really is a pretty awesome diet. It's actually something that I am going to be doing starting tomorrow, so on Tuesday, uh, and I will be going through it for 30 days along with my fiance Ashley and basically the reason for it is is just that I Already have very well tuned in what it is that causes the irritation in my in my GI tract but I Just wanted to kind of fine-tune it a little bit more and see if there were a few other uh, Foods in there that were causing some symptoms for me that I didn't think of because corn for example was one that I didn't really know could have been an irritant. So anyways, I'm gonna go ahead and go off of all these foods. I've actually also reintroduced dairy back into my diet a long time ago. Uh, it's usually in the form of raw dairy, grass-fed milk. Um, sometimes I'll even eat uh, goat milk, which is a little bit easier to digest on the stomach for some people, not all people. Uh, and so yeah, so I'm gonna go ahead and try this diet back out. And I am going to just see if there's any other foods that have been causing any issues for me. Now, if you decide that you would like to try this diet as well, uh, by all means, go ahead and give it a try. Um, do be careful, though. Uh, it, it's probably a good idea to contact a nutritionist, a dietitian, or a health coach to help guide you through this process. Uh, if you would like to work on this diet with me, feel free to reach out to me and I'd be happy to work on it with you. Um, but yeah, so... The elimination diet is a really good way to figure this thing out, and it's also a good way to figure things out without having to spend a lot of money on testing. So there is testing that you could do as well that will sample your stool and find out what kind of diversity and gut bacteria you have, and also can determine maybe what foods trigger inflammation in your body and what foods don't. So that is also another method that you can go, but... I personally really enjoy just changing the diet and seeing what foods were causing me the issues. So yeah, so once you know, once you take out those foods and then you go ahead and reintroduce them one at a time, it allows you to see if anything is causing issues for you. So let's say you were getting headaches or skin rashes or stomach pains and you were to remove all these foods and they went away and then you brought back in gluten. Uh, you can try it for about three days and if you start to see symptoms coming back up, then you know that that food is going to be causing, is the one that's causing the issues. So it's a really cool diet. I like it for that matter. And uh, yeah, like I said, I do it myself as well. So uh, it's very important and a good way to, to determine what's going on in the body. So uh, yeah, that pretty much brings us to a conclusion on what in the gut is going on. As I said, there is so much going on here. I really just scratched the surface. 
Um, I just wanted to kind of give you all a sense of what is going on, as well as a few steps that you could take to a, increase the health and diversity of your microbiome as well. And to help with your digestion, because this is a really serious issue, and I believe that much of our disease, at, well, it's it's proven actually, it comes from the GI tract and, and uh, issues going on in there. So this is a very important topic, and I'm really happy to have been able to actually share this with all of you. Uh, like I said, this really hits home for me, and I hope that this as well is going to help all of you out. So that brings us to a conclusion on this week's episode. And I just want to thank all of you for tuning in. It truly means so much. As I've stated before, your guys' support has been insane. Thank you guys so much for all the comments and the reposts and the love that I've been getting. It's incredible to see. I never thought uh, that it would turn out this way. And, and I'm just so happy that I can share my information with all of you. So thank you guys from the bottom of my heart. Please keep tuning in. I have some incredible episodes still coming up. So Stay tuned, and I look forward to seeing you guys. Bye. This podcast is for educational purposes only. It is not a substitute for professional care by a doctor or other qualified medical professional. This podcast is provided on the understanding that it does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services. Statements and views expressed on this show are not medical advice. This podcast, including Evan Roberts, disclaims responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained in this episode. If you think you have a medical problem, please consult a medical professional. <laughs>